Hey everybody, Todd Duncan coming at you. Uh, before we get into today's episode, I have something very exciting I want to make sure you're aware of. I have just released a 25-page ebook entitled The Five Irrefutable Principles of a High-Performance Mortgage or Real Estate Practice. I've spent a lot of years studying high performance and these five principles are game changing. I want to give it to you. All you need to do is click the link in the show notes below and you will have your 25 page ebook. I want to encourage you to share that with your friends, your clients, your employees, whomever you know in business. These five principles are game changing. Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to the Where Success Happens Podcast. It's always good to be with you and we're excited that each and every day we get to do something to impact your life. And we do that through relationship and, uh, and just uh, looking at best practices and talking to people that every day um, have to slug it out and they do it well. And, uh, you know, they've got a, a, a great interchange of ideas and energy. And uh, every time we do one of these, we're just excited to, to capture the the heart and the emotion and the spirit of the guys and gals that we're having dialogues with and uh, seeing how it makes a difference in your life. So we have the good fortune today to spend some time with a good friend of mine. His name is Cliff Theriault. And Cliff and I met each other in September of 1985. If you can imagine it, I was five years into business out of college and Cliff and I worked for the same company and we started a relationship then. And and here we are today, spending some time together. He's with Cross Country Mortgage. He's the Executive Vice President of Business Development. And Cliff and I are going to have a chat today. Hey, man, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Todd. Glad to be here with you today. Uh, you're in sunny California, and I'm in ice-cold Chicago suburbs. So <laughs> I'm I, envious. Uh, yeah, well, it's cold here too, but if you asked me what cold is, I would tell you it's 51 today and you'd probably go, you don't even know what cold is. <laughs> I'll take 51 every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I want to give everybody just a, a quick sense of who's Cliff. I mean, just tell us tell us who Cliff is. You know, that's, that's such a hard question for me because I see myself one way and I, I hope other people see me the same way, but um, I'm, I believe I'm a caring person. I got in the mortgage business very young, right out of school. It was, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up and wasn't sure if I was ever going to grow up at that point in time, but wound up in the mortgage business, started on the servicing end, saw the guys making big money on the origination side. They were making $15 a loan back in those days. And, uh, I, I wanted a piece of that action. So I wound up on the origination side and I've been at it ever since. Uh, I look at myself as a coach, a mentor, uh, a friend, uh, a builder, a recruiter, um, and, and an originator because, uh, you know, I started on the originations uh, back in the early 70s and uh, when it was people were making a milk run and I didn't want to be that guy. So I reinvented myself a little differently than everybody else. And it was all about building the relationships at that point in time. And some of them I still have today. And some of them I've been able to pass on to others, uh, which is kind of a fun thing for me. Yeah. 
Um, I love that backstory. And uh, I know we're going to unpack a lot of that. So if you were, if I were to ask you, what is your personal theme? How would you answer that? Personal theme is that, that that's a tough question. I, I gave it a lot of thought. And I think that my theme is, is to be supportive. And I, I guess as I got older, it's changed a lot because I see myself more in the coach mentor role uh, in growth role. Uh, I want to help you grow your business. Um, I want to help you become a better person. And I want to make sure that you can sustain in the industry as long as you want to. And if, if possible, as long as I've been able to. And I, I don't think anybody knows just yet what that as long as I've been able to means, but I'm just going to tell everybody. And I, I, I think I'm right. This is your 49th year being a mortgage professional at some level, correct? Yeah, this past August, I celebrated my 49th anniversary in the industry. That is just uh, that that is almost unheard of. And I know that we have uh, we've got a lot of people that are in their mid to late 20s listening and and a big, big population in their 30s. And uh, and here we are talking about almost a 50 year career, which will be that number this year. I think staying power is so important. And you and I have known each other a, a long time. And, and some things never change, and yet there are always new ways to do some of these old things. And, and it's not about dusting off uh, you know, the dirt from something old. It's about continually reimagining how do, we, how do we take truths and principles that will never change, and, and how do we use them in a modern-day society? You're, you're super big. I, I remember one of our first conversations together and I think you had some impact on me as a, I think, I think I'd been in the origination business for only five years when I met you. Um, and you were big in talking about um, relationship. You were talking about building referral partner longevity. And this, there, there's two things at stake here, right? One is what is the real definition of a referral partner? Cause I think a lot of people, you know, call realtors and builders and business development people partners, but I, I don't know that they really understand what a partnership looks like. And then the second piece of it is, is longevity. Um, tell us the modern approach from a leadership standpoint to what you think building referral partner longevity actually means. Well, I, I honestly believe that the modern approach is, is pretty much the approach that I've taken for 49 years. Uh, I meet you, we click, um, we start a relationship, and then it's up to the two of us together to make sure that that door stays open, open and that relationship builds as time goes on. If you want to build build a business, uh, it's one thing, but to build a practice, it's the old Jeff Lake model. Uh, you know, Jeff and I talked about this a million times. And for the people that don't know Jeff Lake, Jeff was the original top producer in the industry after I hung up my, my shingle, so to speak, is what we used to kid about. But Jeff uh, would always preach, you know, uh, building a practice where you're, you're building something that you can sell and hand off someday. Um, I believe that the relationships you, you start today can still be with you 40 plus years down the road. And I still have realtors that reach out to me today asking me my advice or who should I go to for this or that because they don't have the same relationship that they had in the old days. So I think that, that that's important as far as uh, the, the longevity of the relationship. Longevity is, you know, when I first 
my kids both got into business and I gave them my database. I think the first phone calls they made, there, there were people that were had passed away already by that point in time. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> you talk about longevity, you know, I outlived some of my, my uh, past clients, which is, is really tough. But um, I believe that, you know, it's, it's what you want to make of it. And if, if you have the opportunity to be around enough people and be able to talk about what you do and, and then build that relationship so that it, it, it uh, manifests itself long term, I mean, I, that's really the key, Todd. I mean, we've known each other for a long time. Um, we've seen each other grow uh, both in, in a, a personal way and in a professional way. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud as hell that, that we've remained friends this whole time and, and really proud of what you've been able to do with, with the High Trust and the Duncan Group. Because yeah. I was with High Trust in the beginning and I still carry an, an, an initial High Trust folder that I got before the book was ever written. So raise that up a little bit. Oh. Yeah, raise that up a little bit. So this is the first folder ever made from High Trust that um, we had a, a session prior to the book coming out. And I was lucky. I got to read the galley copy of the book, and I thought it was wonderful. It was the best book. And you talk about relationships, and you can draw upon High Trust. And I'm not doing a commercial for Todd Duncan here. But Todd is clearly the best at taking the information from the street and putting it in a public forum. And that I've been able to do as a result of our relationship. So that's been important to me, too. I think that this is a good place to maybe just pop in a a thought process for everybody that's listening or, or watching the podcast. One of the things that's really important about referral partner um, status. Uh, and, and clearly one of the things that's important about longevity is this, this word connection. And uh, I can look back on every relationship that I have had that has thrived. And I can say that it has thrived because at the very front end, there was a level of chemistry, uh, an attraction to each other, not too dissimilar from, you know, a date that you felt chemistry on, but obviously from a business angle, um, different in that sense, but still chemistry is an attractive, a very attractive element of what would motivate you to continue to build in partnership and continue to deepen and develop friendship and to get to a point where longevity is a byproduct of that trust factor going up. And then we try to build partnership with people with whom we don't have chemistry. It sets the, it sets the stage for a horrific experience, right? When two people don't have attraction to each other for whatever reason, you know, one one could be um, valuing production and the other could be valuing balance. One could value, you know, high revenue. The other could value or lifestyle, one could say, um, you know, I, I'm a mess, but I'm I'm successful. And the other could say, I'm successful and I'm not a mess. I mean, you know, you could get down to what I believe in, the values I have, and the but there's nothing that takes the place out of two people attracted to each other that have shared values and shared goals 
to have conversation. And what this chemistry thing does in terms of referral partner and longevity is it sets the stage for conversation that leads to collaboration. So when you think from your, your, your angle of, of being in the business so long and you articulate, I think, accurately that uh, there's not a lot of difference today in the human spirit. You know, I mean, two human beings that want to do business together will figure out how to do it and do it well. And if you don't want to do business together, um, there, there really generally is not any value in trying to make that happen. It just, you know, you and I were talking before we went live and it was like the difference between a, a high effort and a low effort relationship. So from my vantage point, you know, it's about that. And I think that you know, what Jeff Blake did well, what you've done well, what John McGlarty's done well, what so many of the people that we know that we run in their same circles is they do business with people they like. What do you say about that from a leadership standpoint, from a 49-year veteran in the business? And, and how do we, is there any difference today and with technology and everything relative to the fundamental ingredients for a successful partnership well i think i think you got to get the first date before you can get the second date obviously mm -hmm. and you know my my thing has always been that i want to be i'm not looking for just a loan from you i, I want to build a relationship where you trust me that if you you trust me with your business you're going to know that your loans are going to close so knowing and, and, and building the integrity with the relationship, et cetera. Uh, you said collaborative efforts. I mean, that's, that's critical. You know, you, you can't connect and not have a collaborative effort because it just doesn't work that, that way. I, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's, you go back to the old days, you know, in the, in the silly lines, we didn't have computers. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have fax machines even. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost ridiculous. And people said, oh, it was so much easier back then because you didn't have any competitors. Well, you did because you competed against the banks. There were only four mortgage companies when I started in the business. And when you and I started, we, we were with a company we built to the number one company in the country yep. in a very short period of time. And it was a mortgage company within the bank. Unfortunately, it, uh, it didn't hang around long enough for any of us to uh, get get deep in because uh, we had an owner that did some things that were slightly suspicious, but just say not high trust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much not high trust, but you know, what we were able to do is, you know, it's the same principle you're doing today. You're just calling it different. You're calling it an event. Uh, you're calling it uh, a, a podcast. You're calling it a, um, you know, the social media that we utilize today is, is, is amazing to me. Uh, humanizing yourself publicly is what you're doing. Where in the past, before social media, you were humanizing yourself one-on-one -on -one to build a relationship with people. I remember doing a seminar one day where I was talking about all the tools that I had. And I bought a hard hat. I had a tool belt. And I got all the tools. And I thought, I got to make a grand entrance. And here's this big old guy, or I was a young guy at the time, or I wouldn't have been able to do it. I got up on the front of the desks in the off real estate office. And by the time I was done, I was at the back of the office and I had dropped every tool on the floor. 
And I said, we have all the tools. You just have to trust me that I'm going to close your loans for you. Silly things like that just to gain attention. People never forget things like that. People never forget the truth. People never forget the fact that you bring pizzas in. And back in the old days, I wasn't the donut guy. You know, I wasn't the bagel guy. I was the guy that was going to be there when you needed your loan closed. Uh, we, we, we wrote loans, Todd, before there were FICO scores. Right. So it was, you know, well, that was easy then. You didn't have to deal with FICO scores. You still had a credit report. And your integrity that, you know, when I finish taking your mortgage application, uh, you're going to close on your loan because of the information you gave me is, is accurate. And that was important as we built the relationships with realtors. And then it becomes word of mouth. You know, it's, it's not just about the agent that you're working with that made the sale that gave you the referral. It's the referral partner. And it goes back to another old friend of ours. Give out the three cards at closing with your, your name and, and uh, phone number on it or your business cards. And uh, I, I did that before I ever met that person, uh, which was pretty much about the same time we met. And uh, it, it works. I mean, the more business cards I could hand out, the more business I got. I didn't believe in a milk run. I didn't believe in just going from realtor to realtor, jumping in from hole to hole like a jackrabbit. I wanted a relationship. I wanted those tough people that that were, people said, well, you're never going to get a deal from so-and-so. Well, I'm going to get a deal from so-and-so because I'm going to be build a relationship with them where they trust me. And if you trust me, we're back to trust again. It's all about it. And it's all about high trust. Yeah. And I believe yeah. in high trust. Yeah. Well, I think that anybody that's that, that understands just um, you brought up a word that I think is really important to bring up. And the word is humanity. And trust is a variable. And when you take a look at all the indicators we have, we, we study 28 countries worldwide. We have a a, uh, a trust report that is about 90 pages that comes in uh, mid-January every single year. And it's a status on trust around the world and um, is also not uh, surprisingly broken apart by industry verticals. And so one of them is a general vertical called financial services. And for the seventh year in a row, uh, trust in the financial services market has been on the decline. And when you stop and think about that and you stop and try to, to figure out and whatever your business capacity is, it could be that you're in lending, it could be that you're in real estate, it could be that you're in development, it could be that you're in whatever. And when you start to realize that what moves the needle and what begins the process of attracting people into a business ecosystem, it is the higher the trust, the more attractive the solution, which would be, in this case, an individual. And then if you have a whole team that knows the, uh, the elements of high trust, then it's the team that becomes attractive. And if you have a whole bunch of teams that understand high trust and they're in a company, then the company becomes attractive. And so the one thing that we tell CEOs and, and certainly anybody in some layer of management beyond just a, a, you know, a solo performer with you know, people on his or her team is, the layer of trust and then the level of trust that's communicated to the marketplace is the single least expensive marketing proposition that you would ever have. You can have low price, you can have loads of products, um, and, and you can have no trust and you're not going to get the volume. You can have high trust 
and not be the cheapest and not have all the products and still do more business because of that. I think that what I've seen is that trust at the highest level removes hurdles, obstacles, and objections. And trust at the lowest level or non-existent creates those same things, resistance, objections, and you know, obviously stall tactics in terms of engaging and saying yes. So, you know, the the high trust thing is is absolutely critical, but equally as important is longevity. That one word we talked about, longevity. And if you really, really, really like somebody you're doing business with, then the litmus test is you wake up every day and it's like, I can't wait to talk to Cliff. I can't wait to talk to John. I can't wait to talk to Debbie. And the reason I can't wait is because we love each other and we're in business together and we're excited about figuring out how to do what's next, whether it's scaling, whether it's efficiency, whether it's it's any of that stuff. So um, a big deal has always been and and still is what we call value creation. And I'd be interested from your perspective as a, an executive leader now with going on 50 years experience in this business, how do you lead sales teams to move from what we refer to as vendor status to partner status? Well, it's, it's something that's always been important to me. And, you know, I never wanted to be a lender uh, vendor. I always wanted to be a lender partner. And I felt the, the, better that I could build that partnership with that referral partner. And it almost sounds cliche, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I wanted them to look at me as a partner because if they looked at me as a partner, um, they treated me a lot better. And that, that's the way it originally started out uh, with respect, integrity, et cetera. Um, if you expect to be treated as a lender partner, You've always got to be there. Uh, you've got to communicate fully with with that referral partner. Uh, you've got to make sure that what information you're giving them is accurate all the time. Um, and, and you want to help make a difference in their life. There's no big secret sauce to this. It's all about this is what I want to be as opposed to what I don't want to be. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's been my part of my mantra for as long as I've been originating loans and, uh, you know, I obviously don't originate loans anymore, but I feel like I do it every day because I work with loan officers, helping them to get to that next level too. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, um, let's shift gears. I, I know you have a big focus on priority leadership. And one of the things that I know you believe in is part of what High Trust has coined, which is um, giving your best to your best, and um, and in that effort, you know, pulling up the rest. How do you do that at an individual level? Because I think everybody would understand if we understand eighty twenty thinking, we understand deepening, and really looking at at where the best is, best people on our team, best. Um, opportunities with that team member. And yet there's a tremendous disservice going on with leaders spending a lot of time trying to pull up the rest, but by not giving first their best to the best people. How do you do that? I mean, you've got, you've got this massive landscape of experience and, 
everybody that's viewing our podcast knows that, you know, if you, if you don't know the 80, 20 rule, then, then you are way, 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 way prehistoric to even credit reports taking five days in the old days. Right. How, right. Uh, Cliff. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so the idea is, is whether it's with real estate agents, business partners, um, running a sales force, uh, we don't spend enough time with our best people and we spend a lot of time with our people that are never going to be the best, but there is a middle ground there. Talk about that from your vantage point. So I think that we're, we're all guilty of it because you, you never want to leave uh, anybody behind that you think has potential of, of, of raising up to that next level. So we, we have a tendency to spend more time with that 20 than we do I mean, with the 80, then we do with the 20. And actually, it's probably with that 95 than we do with the five. Um, So if I spend more time with the five, I can help them raise their game up. And they have a tendency to then pull the rest up with them. And that's what I work on on a daily basis. Uh, When I have uh, sales meetings with, with, with an originating team, um, they're all there. It may be highlighting that one person, but they know how that one person is getting to that level that they're getting at and being able to sustain, sustain the volumes that they're, they're sustaining. Uh, I work with a group out in Naples uh, led by Lauren Maxwell. And um, Lauren's a, a monster producer. Uh, you know, they did a half a billion dollars last year down in, in Florida. And um, you know, we've got my goal for the year was to get the other originators doing more volume than Lauren and that we would get to that that goal. And so working with Lauren to raise her goal as her goal went up and her volume went up, they uh, their volume went up right with her and then beyond it. So we did surpass that 50 percent level. And now this year it's even higher than that. And we do that in a lot of places around the country uh, with people that you know that, that I work with on a regular basis that, that they've raised their game up. I mean, if you didn't have your best year ever in 2020, um, it means you didn't go to work. I mean, it was, it was the most low-hanging fruit I've ever seen in my life. Um, unfortunately, we had to suffer through a pandemic. I think we became stronger. I think I've become a stronger leader because of the fact that I get more face-to-face time because of, of uh, e- either teams, we use teams a lot, or uh, doing um, a, a call, any, any type of video call, that, depending on what the video call is, you're on StreamYard here. Um, and I get more face-to-face time, so you build a relationship with the others, and I'm seeing more and more people raise their game up to get to the best instead of just being part of the rest. You're always going to have that, that group that, that doesn't overachieve. But, I mean, we live in a world in an in industry of overachievers. And uh, I think that part of my job is to help create more overachievers as we move forward. Yeah. No, and I, I love that. And, and I think I want to say to everybody that there's some real magic when you start to understand uh, priority leadership. And at some level, everybody that's watching or listening to this podcast is first and foremost, a self-leader and you got to lead yourself well. And the second thing you have to do is you have to lead the people that you do business with well. 
And I think that if we go back to collaborative relationships and relationships that have high chemistry and attraction to it, um, the, the big disservice is we don't go deep enough when there's a natural proclivity uh, to go deeper. And I just want to say to everybody, I think that this, this idea of uh, the most human sales professional wins, the most human company wins. I have a client of ours in Australia uh, that, that does a couple billion dollars a month in home loans, and they're a, they're a big, large uh, mortgage aggregator. And uh, the CEO of that company said to me a year ago, when I asked him a simple question, I said, so what do you do differently than any of the competitors that you look at in the country of Australia? And he said, without even blinking an eye, he said, we have brought humanity back into the transaction. And I think that's really where, where I see things going. Um, it's really important to understand that technology on its own is an efficiency tool. It's not a, it's not a guaranteed trust tool. If you have bad technology, then it eliminates and, and erodes trust. And if you have technology that isn't presented well, then it erodes trust. And and yet there's a big, big, beautiful reason why technology is here, and it's specifically to improve the customer experience. And yet at the very fundamental foundation of everything is it doesn't matter if you don't have a connected relationship, whether it be with a borrower, a seller who's going to become a borrower, anybody that's a developer, an aggregator, somebody that does investment, it doesn't matter. And, and so at the very, very level of first entry point is I need to be attracted to somebody I like and I need to have the human connection. Once I have the human connection, then we can use technology to support the relationship. Do you remember what credit, credit reports look like in 1985? Oh, yeah, they were, they were wonderful to read. And, and you, I think you're exaggerating when you said you could get them in five days, but um, Fortunately, I had a relationship with a credit company that that was getting them to us in a, a timely fashion. But uh, you needed to know how to read them a lot differently than you do today. And yeah, there wasn't one number. <laughs> <laughs> number nine was a number you yeah, never yeah. wanted to see. That's for sure. Yeah, well. but you know, and it, it's it's really all about implementation uh, and, and then. Uh, expectations. So if you don't implement it, you're never going to be able to set the expectations. And I think that what, what you said is, is really, it's so point on the, the humanity, the humanizing yourself. I mean, we had to humanize ourselves because we knocked on doors. We had yeah. no technology. There was no cell phone. To, call back was they called you on your beeper and you returned a phone call from somewhere where you were in, uh, you know, the pay, the old pager world. Uh, I, I hated that world, by the way. Uh, I, would, I would always just show up at their door instead of calling them back. And I think that was part of it. But I'm, I'm seeing through social media, more people start to humanize themselves. And I'm really proud of of these people. And I think I have good relationships with a lot of them because they're talking about themselves in, in, in the first person instead of the third person. Yeah. And yeah. You know, they're, they're the, the family, how their family is important to them. And I know how important family is to you and you know how my family is my everything. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and, and, and I've been a coach forever. I started coaching 
right out of school. I mean, it was, I thought I was going to play and I wasn't, it wasn't my thing. So I wound up in the mortgage business. Um, and, uh, you know, my thing with kids was always number one is to have fun. Number two is to learn. And number three is to win. Uh, and it's the same in business and in business and sports, isn't that different? It's, it's, it's following, following a, a routine, uh, being stronger every day because you, you work out or you, you work out mentally, you work out physically. And if you want to be the most successful, you're going to do it better than the next person. And I think that's part of what drives me to help the best become better and then pull the rest along to that level that they were at before they became better. That's my ultimate goal. Yeah, no, I was talking to CEO the other day, and uh, I think they've got close to 500 uh, loan, loan reps uh, on their team. And he basically said to me, he said, you know, there's a population that wants it and there's a population that doesn't. And, um, you know, we, meaning his company, um, at some level said, We're, we can lead you to water, but at the end of the day, you've got to decide to drink. And if you don't, tell us and prove to us that you're going to drink, we may not lead you to that water because it just, it gets to the point where you start to realize that if, if you want to build a high performance culture, um, it requires people that think from a high performance standpoint. And I don't think that's the entire industry and I don't think it's the entire world. I think, I think that's the small population, but yet you can build a culture around high performance that requires much fewer personnel on the sales side and and more people on the non-sales side to support the franchise players and at some level there's a happy medium and it's not spending time with the bottom 25 percent unless they're going to go for the moon and it's probably spending more time at the top because they're the ones that if you lift them up then the next group the 75 70 percent 65 60 percent they want to come up because they're drafted by those top producers which you talked about cliff and then we have that the 25% that's a development group. And, and we do need to spend time helping those people win. I want to um, turn the corner. We're, we're at about 30 minutes or so. And I, I want to ask you two other questions. Um, if you were to look back on your 50-year career in mortgage lending, um, what's, what's the most painful lesson that you've learned? And how would you help people steer away from that? Wow, that's uh, I didn't, didn't expect that one. So <laughs> I think the most painful lesson that that I learned, and I learned it, um, it's probably the only time my mentor was ever really upset with me. And I was one of the few people he probably never raised his voice to the whole time. And you know who I'm talking about—the yeah. old uh, blue leader himself. But uh, I, you can't be all things to all people. I used to, I used to try and make people successful. And you, I couldn't do it. I mean, I, I, I would feel like a failure myself when I couldn't get it done. Um, and I think that once I got over that, it, it, it helped me immensely um, because it, uh, I had people that were dragging me down because I was trying to drag them up with me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's tough because I don't have a lot of regrets, Todd, in the business. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I love this industry. It's, I've been at it forever. I've seen it grow. Like I said, when I got in the business, there were four major mortgage companies in the country. So I've, I've watched people grow. I've watched companies grow. I've watched the begats, uh, from one company to another 
when somebody leaves me to start their own, I, I wish them well. You know, I try not to burn bridges. I've, I know I've burned some, um, and and that I regret and wish I could change. But you can't go back and 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 fix the past. You can only be better in the future. Oh, that's huge, huge. Yesterday's value is the lessons you learned and the victories you had, and. Uh, uh, today is about what you do today to, to take a step forward. And tomorrow we don't need to, to really worry about, even though we need to have a vision and, and be prepared, but today is a day that matters. And, uh, that's a, that's a great lesson. If you had a chance to give one piece of advice to everybody that's in leadership, okay, which we all are, but, but specifically leaders in industry, um, what would you tell them to do this year? Well, I think this this is a year. This is you know, and I, I heard it the other day, and I've, I've said it the other day, and I've heard a lot of people saying it. And I told one of the people I work with very closely the same thing. This is the first year that I can remember since 1993 that we're going to have incredible back-to-back years of success in our industry. 93 was was the year you'll never have a better year than 1993. And, you know, coming out of the eighties where things were a little suspect and um, 93 was, was good. And 94 until the end of the year was, was outstanding. And then and it got really bad. (laughs) We all remember that, but uh, make sure that you take advantage of, of the relationships that you have. Don't, don't look back on your your past laurels. Try and build toward the future. And you know the whole thing about the leadership now is uh, work with your past client lists, um, build your team uh, to leverage volume, uh, make sure that you're you're out uh, building your company. And it's kind of interesting. And I wanted to throw one thing in quick. Four years ago, I was going to leave the origination. Or it, the actual mortgage banking community to become more of a Todd Duncan coach. And a, a good friend of ours suggested that I take on some CEOs. And I had spoken with some CEOs as being a coach to some CEOs because, you know, I've been around forever. You know, I know everything. You know, you never know everything. I learn every day. I read every day. I love to learn more every day. A 21-year-old, a 6-year-old grandson can teach me something every day, right? But um, I met with uh, Ron Leonard, who owns a cross-country mortgage, and um, I was hoping that he would be somebody I could add to the to the to the coaching group. And he said, um, I, I said, how big do you want to get? And he said, I don't care how big we get, as long as we're better tomorrow than we were today. Beautiful. And I think that that's the best advice. And that was the magic answer, by the way, for me to join the company at that point in time, because I thought this guy really gets it. And, you know, obviously we've grown to one of the powerhouses in, in the country. We did almost 43 billion last year from 3 billion that year that I talked to. Him. So, I mean, there's opportunities out there. Be true to your people. Um, don't BS them about anything uh, as far as the leadership goes. Build your team in a likeness of you, like-minded people that that are going to give it the effort that you're going to do so you're not doing it all yourself. Be honest with them at all times. Um, reputation is paramount. Make sure that you keep your reputation in a positive light 
and they will follow you and do likewise. Beautiful. Thank you, Cliff, for spending the 40 minutes with us. Uh, it's been just incredible to, to connect with you and just uh, see the, the simple value and the, the truths that you can bring to everybody that downloads and, and watches our, our podcast or listens to it. I'm very, uh, very grateful that we're friends and proud of you for uh, an incredible longevity in the business. And uh, you've made an impact to everybody that's going to be listening to this. So thank you very much. And uh, again, Cliff Theriault, Cross Country Mortgage, um, dear friend, great leader. And if you're thinking about leadership and you're thinking about taking it up a notch, you know, one of the things that we want to have you do is go to toddduncan.com forward slash coaching and download our new five principles of a highly uh, high performance mortgage and real estate practice. This is a brand new ebook that we have out. It's 25 pages and it is your playbook for 2021. We want to make sure everybody understands a principles rule and methods are great, but principles govern everything you achieve and everything you do. And these five principles are life-changing. You may also, in the spirit of what Cliff and I talked about in terms of collaboration, you may sit down with your referral partners and take this ebook and really build a process over the next two to three months to collaborate with them, see how these principles hit them and how it hits you and how you guys can do business at a higher level. Thanks for being on the Where Success Happens podcast. We're grateful that you listened to us and we hope that at some level we're able to make a difference. And Cliff, thanks again. Appreciate it very much and take care. Godspeed this year. Sure. Have a great evening. Hey, thanks for watching today's episode. If you like our podcasts and if you feel that they're impactful for you and you want to take it to the next level, click on the show notes below to have a free coaching consultation with somebody from our coaching company. I started High Trust Coaching to make a transformative difference in people's lives and business, and I'd like to offer you the chance to experience that as well.